Hey, I'm Andy. I'm Andy. And you're listening to the HMO Podcast. Over 10 years ago, I set myself the challenge of building my own property portfolio. And what began as a short-term investment plan soon became a long-term commitment to change the way young people live together. I've now built several successful businesses, I've raised millions of pounds of investment, and I've managed thousands of tenants. Join me and some very special guests to discover the tips, tricks, and hacks, the ups and the downs, the best practice, and everything else you need to know to start, scale, and systemize your very own HMO portfolio. Now. Now, I know how nosy you guys are. I know that you like it when I dish the goss on what's been going on behind the scenes in my businesses. So that's what we're going to do in today's episode. I'm going to give you a bit of an update as to what's been happening over the last few weeks. I'm going to talk about the main business, my investment management business. We're going to have a chat about the roadmap. I'm going to talk to you about my own portfolio and a couple of things that have been happening there. And I'm going to talk to you, in fact, about the single biggest purchase I've made houses excluded and why it has absolutely racked me with guilt for the last few weeks. Don't go anywhere because we're going to chat about all of this in today's episode of the HMO podcast. Hey guys, it's Andy here. We're going to be getting back to the podcast in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you very quickly about the HMO Roadmap. Now, if you're serious about replacing your income, or perhaps you've already got a HMO portfolio that you want to scale up, then the HMO Roadmap really is your one-stop shop. Inside the Roadmap, you'll find a full 60-lesson course delivered by me, teaching you how to find more deals, how to fund more deals and raise private finance, how to refurbish great properties, how to fill them with great tenants that stay for longer, and how to manage your properties and tenants for the future. We've also got guest workshops added every single month. We've got new videos added every single week about all sorts of topics. We've got downloadable resources, cheat sheets and swipe files to help you. We've got case studies from guests and community members who are doing incredible projects that you can learn from. And we've also built an application just for you that allows you to appraise and evaluate your deals, stack them side by side and track the key metrics that are most important to you. To find out more, head to the hmoroadmap.co.uk now and come and join our incredible community of HMO property investors. All right, welcome back to the podcast, guys. So today's episode is obviously just a short. I'm going to fill you in with what's been going on in and out of my businesses in the last few weeks. I enjoy these episodes. Actually, I find them quite therapeutic, our new shorter episodes. Now, if you're listening at some point in the future, then this will all be out of date. But it's currently the end of October. can't believe we're on the run up to Christmas already, which is kind of scary. Keeping an eye on the news and hoping that things with the pandemic stay under control and we don't go back into any more restrictions. And certainly I hope we don't go back into any lockdowns through the winter, but fingers crossed. So what's been happening? Well, let's have a quick chat about what's been going on in SP, my main investment management group. I'm going to talk to you about the portfolio. I'm going to talk to you about what's been happening in the roadmap and some of the key decisions and things that I've been planning and we've been doing there. And also I want to talk to you about a personal purchase that I've made and why it has racked me with guilt. So first of all, SP, what's been happening? Well, I'm pleased to say that actually occupancy in the portfolio is absolutely brilliant. We have had probably now the longest spell of full occupancy we've had for years. Around sort of August time, numbers and inquiries just really ramped up and our tenants wanted to stay. And so we haven't been having to fill that many rooms. Don't get me wrong, we're still continuously filling rooms. But versus 
perhaps what I would expect we would normally be doing at this time of year. It's much lower. The churn's much lower. And that's really good. And I think that that's actually a testament to how well my team are communicating with our tenants. We're throwing in some perks and some community-friendly bits and free pizzas and things like that. And we've just got a good thing going on with all of our tenants. And when we are getting inquiries, we're so hot in it. We're just doing a really good job of converting them. So I'm really proud of that, actually, because it is difficult to keep occupancy right up there. It's not going to stay there forever. I know that. One of the cool things we're doing as well is actually increasing rents. When we have been turning those rooms over, when we have been filling them, we have been putting rents up. And actually, We've been doing it quite aggressively because I can see that costs are creeping in and I can see looking ahead that there's going to be more in the next 12 months. So it's good to be able to push room rents by five, 10, and in some cases, 15 pound a week. And people are taking the rooms and that's really, really positive for us. We're also advertising all of our student lets now. Everything went live about 10 days ago and we've started really well. I was a bit nervous this year. I wasn't sure if because of last year and the way things happened, the way the student letting season unraveled amidst the lockdowns and things like that, whether we might see some reservations from tenants this year. But in fact, they've come out the gates very fast. We've already had several groups take several of our best properties, which is absolutely brilliant. We've had several groups re-sign in some of the properties, which is absolutely fantastic. So I'm feeling really positive about it. And again, we have pushed rents up in the student portfolio. And in fact, where we've got some tenants staying in the houses for the first time Ever, I've had to put up or decided to put up those rents, even though they're staying on. And I don't like to normally do that, but I've had to say to them, look, you know, our costs are going up and we do need to increase rents gently across the portfolio. We haven't been too aggressive with those, but we have done and it's been okay and people have been understanding. And I think that that's looking quite positive for the next year. So it's very early days yet in the student letting season. We've got a good six weeks now of letting before Christmas to go. So hopefully we can smash loads more out and I'll keep you updated as that goes on. But a really positive start. The team has been working really hard and we've been filling things on first viewings, which is pretty much the goal. My ideal is to get the whole portfolio filled before Christmas. We used to be able to do that some years ago. The portfolio is much bigger and there is a bit more choice on offer for the tenants now. So I think that that's unlikely, but if we can get 75% of the portfolio away, which don't get me wrong, is a lot of houses, I'll be feeling really positive about stuff. So stick with me. I'll keep you updated on that. One of the big decisions we've made in the main business though, this week, in fact, although it's taken us a couple of weeks to get there, is we've decided to change our utility provider. Now that change isn't going to kick in until July 2023, but we're going with a new provider who will handle all of the bills for us and liaise directly with the tenants. Now, currently we have a single supplier. We have an account with them, but we still hold the bills and we're still responsible for overcharges or making amendments or requesting amendments to bills and things like that. And actually with a lot of properties, this is a huge admin piece. I can't tell you just how big this is. And to keep on top of it, we've got to track usage. We've got to continually communicate with tenants, let them know when they're overspending. And it's a big, big exercise with a lot of properties. And I've decided that I want to absolve us completely of that responsibility. And actually, we've got a fantastic, what I think is a fantastic deal with a company who are going to take it all on, liaise directly with the tenants. And in fact, we won't actually be the bill holders whatsoever. So we're just removing all of that admin from our desk. So fingers crossed, it almost sounds too good to be true. I will keep you updated 
as that unravels. But like I said, it's not actually going to kick in until next July, but because a lot of our properties are the student lets, it makes sense for us to do that because of the contracts we're already involved in and things like that. So it's very complicated, but that's how far ahead I like to plan. Okay, my own portfolio then. What's been happening? So as you know, I had an offer accepted on an existing student property. It's actually a five bed, but with four tenants in, which is a bit unusual. Really good size, reasonable price. I'm not getting it for a discount at all, that's for sure. But I think in the current market, it's okay. And I think it's got tons of potential, maybe potential for me to add another room, but it's slap bang right in the middle of where I wanted it to be. It's around the corner from three of my other ones, literally a stone's throw, and it's just going to work perfectly. So it'll just be another cash cow added to the portfolio. I'll probably be investing the best part of about 80,000 quid in it. So a lot of money going into that deal, but it is something that I'm very much planning to hold for 20 plus years. So I'm really excited about that. It's all in conveyancing now. The mortgage is approved 2.8% on a 75% loan to value limited company purchase, which I think is actually pretty good. I think the repayment will be about 500-ish quid and gross rent upwards of sort of a couple of thousand quid a month when I maximize it. So yeah, I'm really excited about that purchase. It's taken me a long time. That has been a long time coming. What else has been happening? Well, our commercial to five flats project is underway. Strip out started at Faversham Villas this week. I'm really excited. I haven't been down and seen this, but I'm getting updates. It's down in Kent, so it's a long way for me to drive. My biz partner is running that one and uh, it's all go. So I'm really, really excited about it. Been a lot of work getting to this point, mainly really concerning the builders, the tradesmen and getting contracts sorted and negotiating those prices down. But I'll be honest, my business partner's done a fantastic job working with some builders who we've got a lot of faith in. We've been really impressed with so far. Very professional outfit. It's going to be about three hundred and fifty to four hundred thousand pounds. The refurb or the development, if you like. So it's a big project. It's going to take us about nine months. We're hoping tail end of spring will be nearing completion. Then we want to be all done, dusted, and ideally sold by next summer. So fingers crossed. But I will be updating you with pictures. So keep an eye out and. For the time being, it's going to be strip out photos and hopefully in the early part of next year, God, I can't believe we're talking about next year already, there'll be some photos of the internals and some of the more sexy stuff. So stick with me, but I'm really excited about that one. The roadmap. So 2.0 of the HMO roadmap is coming. Now, the digital stuff is so new to me. It's been a very, very steep learning curve. The roadmap launched in March and it took nine months to plan and build it before that. So I've been working on it for a long time now. Things are going so, so well. We're getting so many signups, so many people sticking with us and we're constantly planning and evaluating improvements and changes. And it's really, really exciting, but it's all new to me. Web build and how long things take and what can be done, what can't be done, and different integrations that we can trial. And of course, there's a balance we've got to strike. We don't want to change things too quickly. We need feedback. But I'm so, so happy with where things are at the minute. But I am so excited about 2.0 that's coming. So we've made some big changes. We've got a member mastermind coming to it, which is like a mini mastermind, allows people, you guys to come and talk to me about the problems that you're having in your business. And we'll be running those every month. We've got more changes to come, but I don't give them all away just yet. But there's been a huge amount of work involved in doing that, particularly from a web design point of view. 
And I've got to give a shout out to my digital media manager, Yem, who's done an amazing job of just ushering this through. She always does. She's absolutely brilliant. But I'm really excited. So keep your ears to the ground and your eyes peeled because I think we're probably only a few weeks away from relaunching those changes. Now, there's something else I want to talk to you about, and maybe you can relate. I don't know whether it's just me, but this month, Gemini, mainly me, have made the biggest personal purchase ever, really. You know, we've bought a car. Now, I decided to sell the old Audi, which was a great car. I've loved it, but it was time to get rid of it. So pushing eight years old. And I like to just keep a bit of equity in my vehicles. And with the way the market is at the minute, the used car market, it just looked like a good time to sell. So I sold the old one, got a really good price for it. and didn't really think about what I was going to do about replacing it. I've gone around in circles and new cars are very, very expensive. Used cars are very, very expensive. And I was adamant if I was going to spend a decent chunk of money, my moral compass was telling me it had to be, to some extent, environmentally concerned. So I wanted to get a hybrid. I don't feel like I can do the full electric thing yet. I don't think for me it'll quite work and I'd like to one day, but a hybrid seemed to make a lot of sense. I've gone round and round and round and round looking at all sorts of vehicles. And of course the price, your budget starts here and then it ends up here and here and here. And ultimately I've gone for a Volvo. Now I know you're probably thinking, oh my God, that's so boring, Andy. Why have you gone for a Volvo? But actually I love it. It's an XC90, it's a T8, it's a recharge, it's a hybrid. So I think it's a really cool vehicle. I love it. Maybe it says a lot about me, but I'm really excited and we absolutely love it. But it was really tough. I found it so difficult to make the decision. And I am someone who is so decisive. I can make a decision instantly and not second guess it. But this was different. And I think it's something to do with the fact that it wasn't an investment. I know it's not an investment. It is a luxury item, a car, it's an asset that's going to depreciate. And I know that and I'm okay with that, but I found it really difficult to separate my requirement for the car and my feeling towards just sinking money in something that I wasn't going to see back. And I procrastinated for a long, long time. And I've gone from one vehicle to the next and to the next. And I felt really guilty about it. I felt guilty about spending money on a car. I felt guilty about taking on a monthly repayment, which really I didn't have to. There's no argument that I could construct to say we absolutely needed a new car or that we absolutely needed a car that was going to cost a bit more than the old Audi did. But I went for it anyway and I still feel guilty and I don't know, is this just me or do you feel the same when you purchase these sorts of things? Is it buyer's remorse? I don't know. I'm hoping it goes away soon because I do absolutely love the cars, no doubt about that. And Hugo loves it because you can get in the back and there's plenty of space there, but I've definitely struggled with that. It's been one of the toughest decisions I think I've had to make for quite a while. So anyway, there you go. There's a bit of an update as to what's been going on. I'm enjoying the car, so don't worry. Don't feel sorry for me. I absolutely love it, but you won't see me posting any flashy photos, posing in front of it, because at the end of the day, it is still a Volvo. Lots going on in the businesses, though. I'll keep you updated. To be honest, it's been quite a relaxing and fairly chilled month, which often isn't the case. And I think on the run up to Christmas, things are going to change the bad weather. We're going to have more maintenance. And the real test of the student market and occupancy will, will of course, kick in. There's going to be more pressure. We're all going to be under more strain. And of course, if things change out there with the pandemic, then who knows where things could be in another month's time. But fingers crossed that won't be the case. 
That's it for me for today's episode of the HMO Podcast. Don't forget that I'm on hand inside the HMO community. It's our free group over on Facebook. So bring your questions, bring your experience. We want it all in the group. And there have been some great conversations happening in the last few weeks. So thank you to all of our community members. And don't forget, if you want all the nitty gritty, the advice, the detail, the videos, the workshops, the downloadable resources, the swipe files, and everything you could possibly need to help grow your HMO portfolio or business, then it's all there waiting for you inside the HMO roadmap. Go and check it out. I'll be right back here next time for another installment of the HMO podcast.